This is the Four Man Rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. I'm your host, Timmy VO, here with Kevin and our special guest, Mr. James the Brit Buck himself down from old Canada. Howdy, James. James, welcome back to the old podcast, bro. Hey, it's good to be back. Um, yeah, it's starting to get cold up here in, in Canada at the moment. Great game at the weekend. Can't wait to talk about it. Right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was sloppy on the Panthers' side, but, you know, some, some, some goods and some bads, but mostly bad since we lost the game. And, you know, Tom Brady hasn't lost much. <laughs> he hasn't lost much. There were some drops in that game, man. That should have been, been money. But anyway. Yeah. So yeah, obviously, folks, we're going to talk about the uh, uh, the game between the, the uh, Panthers and the Buccaneers. We'll chat about that, of course, and uh, touch on some some yeah <laughs> some f ups <laughs> on on part of the the old, uh, Carolina Panther uh, squad. Now, um, you know, and a lot of that has to do with the Tampa Bay front um, on defense. Man, those those guys are. You're talking about some savvy veterans with some with some horsepower. That was that was interesting interesting to watch. And you know, Kevin will also touch on that in detail, of course. Um, go ahead and check out our Twitter our Twitter feed. He already has some breakdowns uh, up from the uh, coaches' film on there uh, already. So yeah, go go check that out. Um, so um, let's let's get into it, man. We'll, we'll go talk about the Bucks and the yeah, Panthers, and then we'll talk about the upcoming game. It's just just straightforward like that, folks. Once again, thanks for uh, dropping by, checking out the Four Man Rush podcast. Hold on to your hats, folks. The Four Man Rush is on the scene. Kev, we'll start with you, man, and then we'll go to James and, you know, just, just give us an over, overview of, of what you guys saw from uh, from Sunday in old uh, Tampa, Florida. Go ahead, Kev. Yeah, well, anytime that you go on a road game, there's always the mind frame that, you're going to have to be twice as good in order to pull off a win because you're traveling, adverse conditions, and you know we went on a road game uh, like we were like we stopped by Disney World on the way to Tampa because we was just in a gift-giving mood all day on Sunday. Four turnovers is not a recipe for success. At home or away, but definitely when you're against the road. Now, it, it, man, that first quarter was just, oh. yeah, that was, that first quarter was just rough. I mean, it, it was just, it's like we couldn't. The first drive, we looked good. We made movement. We was moving the ball pretty good. I'm like, okay, we're focused. We're, you know, we're moving the ball, and then, bam, here come the turnovers. Um, you absolutely, you just you just cannot do it, particularly in the in the red zone. Red zone turnovers are just absolutely just brutal. And for the Panthers on that uh, for that opening drive to um, have it end that way, it just really just started a, a, a domino effect. And you know, we come back down, have another turnover. You know, two first quarter turnovers, and it seemed like from a mind frame point of view, the team just could not shake that off mm-hmm. at that time it was just it was just blunder after blunder i hate to say it because he's no longer here but it was really a lot of missed opportunities 
Wow, man. Had to say it, man. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. And quick shout out Coach Rivera, you know, kick cancer's ass. We know you know how to keep pounding, man. So definitely got to shout out the old former coach up there uh, for the Washington football team, you know, yes. who, uh, who had to get an IV during halftime because he was dealing with the, uh, you know, battling the cancer. So, you know, get well, Coach Rivera. Still love you down here. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, but back to this game. I mean, you know, when you look at the numbers, I mean, it's just pretty much, you know, I'm just looking at the team stats here. Oh, man, I mean, um, passing first downs, we had 18 to Tampa had 11. But when you're paying from behind, you're going to throw the ball a lot more. So that really doesn't say much. Ironically, we had 71 plays to their 57. We had 427 yards to their 339. We even had t- one more drive than them. We had 12 drives. They had 11. Hmm. Barely, but we even averaged more yards per play than they did. They, we averaged six yards per play. They averaged 5.9. Wow. Um, I mean, <laughs> you know, usually when those numbers are in your favor, you're putting yourself in a good chance to win. But the 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 one stat that nullifies all of that is turnovers. Big it time. will erase all of your best efforts right there. And that's that's just what we had. You know, two interceptions, uh, lost two fumbles. Um, <laughs> man, it, it I, yeah, man, it was just it was just an avalanche effect. And when you're on the road, it's really going to be something that's going to take you take you out of the ability, for, especially when you're a young team. Mm-hmm. Now, as I mentioned on the postgame Sunday, now we do have some veterans on the team. Kawan Short, been there nine years. Excuse me, no, I think seven years. Seven. Uh, Trey Boston, you know, he's been in the league since 2014. Shaq Thompson, 2015, so... We got some guys that's been here long enough, but this is their first time in a veteran leadership role. And I think that you really didn't have the old heads that we used to look into to get us recentered and get us reback focused. Because from the scheme of things, this team has in previous years came back from such early mess ups to uh, pull games out. But it just seemed like it just started a domino effect. And honestly, Tampa gave us chances to get back in the game, but we just couldn't capitalize on it. And at the end of the day, um, the war of attrition just took over, and uh, Tampa did what they had to do to uh, secure the win. Uh, we made a gallant attempt to come back in the second half. Uh, defense got a lot better, huh. tightened things up. It got it to 21 14. Mm. You know, I'm in there beating my chest. Keep pounding. That's, you know what I'm saying? I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling all hype. You know what I'm saying? I done knocked my water bottle, you know what I'm saying, over a little bit. Like, uh, yeah, come on, you know. I'm, I'm beating chairs and everything, trying to, you know, trying to try to get my energy through the field, you know, but uh ah, but to no avail, it uh hey <laughs> you you, you want to win, but you you always got spec in the back of your mind, this is probably not gonna go your way today. Yeah. But the fan of you is like, damn it, I think I can. I think I can <laughs> You know, we're like the little engine that could, damn yeah. it. We're trying up in here. So Again, I can come away with the game with uh, the fact that, you know, we didn't roll over 21 nothing the way they was playing. This could have easily been a 42-10 to 10 game, you know, had Avalanche. But I like the fact that we showed enough fight and grit, even though we came out two plays after the third quarter with a third turnover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that part. <laughs> that whole part. <laughs> but, but again, um, show grit, made it more competitive, made the Bucks work to put it away at the end. But, um uh, Overall, the better team won, as what was expected. 
Um, we'll see you guys in a few weeks and uh, try this again up in the QC. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well said, man. Well said. It is what it is, folks. It is what it is. Now, we're going to get the Tampa Bay side of things with our own James and Britt Buck. Speak on it, James. Yeah, I, I actually agree with a lot of what um, <clears throat> Kevin says there about how the sort of game went, the, the war of attrition, really. Yes, the, the Buccaneers were expected to to win this game in the grand scheme of things. Uh, we spoke before the show, Caroline is going through a rebuilding stage at the moment, so sort of positives are, are what this team is looking for, and I think there were a lot of positives to take from the game. For me, actually, I think that... <clears throat> pardon me, sorry. Uh, I know I said this to you before the show. The the scoreline didn't really reflect actually the the quality of the game, and it came down to three things for me. Yes, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers' offense was a m methodical mas machine moving up and down the field, but there was a couple of key things for me that really really settled this game. One is, as Kevin's mentioned, the four turnovers. Mm -hmm. This is the biggest thing that's changed about the Buccaneers this year from last year. Last year, it was the Buccaneers giving away the football and their defense having bad starting field position. This time around, it's 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 flipped on its head. So you know what? Yes, as Kevin rightly says, the Panthers were getting the, the majority of the yards. They were getting the majority of the possession. But when the Bucs did have the football, they were starting further up the field. Another thing for me that really, really swung this game was how quickly the, the front seven of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers obviously playing in that new 3-4 defense that we, we started seeing last year. It really looks like it's been worked on over the summer. But five sacks on Teddy Bridgewater, obviously you've, you've got to be looking at your offensive line and saying, you know, it's not just the sacks, it's the amount of times that he was put under pressure as well by that front seven. Yes, the Buccaneers are a very fast and aggressive defense these days, but an offensive line is there to do a job. And as much as, as a fan, I love to see that happen when you are constantly setting up camp to the point where you should be paying rent to stay in your opponent's backfield. But <laughs> it's it's got to come to a point where, like from a pure football point of view, the coaches have got to be making adjustments. Teddy Bridgewater has got to see the blitz coming and it's his job to also call audibles, but it comes down to the offensive line as well. They've got to recognize what their protections are and they've got to, to keep Teddy upright. He's a talented quarterback. I mean, we've saw last year before he, he was um, a free agent when he was with the saints, he came into games. He led the saints to victories. I believe he went, was it three or four or no? Um, something ridiculous like that mm -hmm. he's shown that with a talented cast around him he can be a franchise quarterback mm -hmm. a lot of people forgot about <laughs> so again i think ted bridgewater went five and oh for the with the as the quarterback for the saints when drew Brees was out five and oh five and oh five and oh so you know what even further proves my point a lot of people forget about teddy bridgewater um he was a first round draft pick he was lighting up the NFL when he was playing in Minnesota uh -huh. until he had that freak horrific injury. Yeah. Um, nobody really expected that he was even going to come back and play football. Yeah. But you know what? He took his lumps. He did his rehab. He fought back. He got into the game. 
and he showed that he's more than like talented. Yep. If Carolina can convince Teddy Bridgewater to be their franchise quarterback, they are set for at least the next five years or however long they sign him for on a long-term deal. Um, but for me, the third thing that really, really changed the game was a 46-yard touchdown run from Leonard Fournette that broke the back of the game. Yeah, yeah, that was... I mean, if if that... If Leonard Fournette doesn't get the blocking he gets and he doesn't go 46 yards just after you've scored the field goal, who knows what could happen. If Teddy Bridgewater is actually allowed to stay up and in his pocket, who knows? And again, the, the tur- turnovers change games. Sometimes a turnover here and there is, is not an important thing. It's football, it happens. But when you're handing the ball over in key situations as seen to happen in Sunday's game, that can be an absolute backbreaker, not only for an offense, but for the defense as well, because they're not properly rested. And you you could see toward the end of the game, and I think that is is the reason why Leonard Fournette was able to score that touchdown. He came into the game with fresher legs, uh, Ronald Jones obviously getting the start, and he comes up against the tired defense, which has been in and out all game. Uh-huh. And... You know, the, the books had a game plan. They stuck to it and it worked. But it, if you're a Carolina Panthers fan, you can't be too upset about this game because, as we you know, we said this um, before the show, and I know I've said it plenty of times. Um, I know I've said this when I've speaking been speaking to, to Kevin as well. The Buccaneers are in Super Bowl or bust mode. And the way that the team has been built, there are going to be games where fans are going to be exactly in the same position as yourselves going, you know what, where are we as bad as the scoreline suggests? And more often than not, the answer is going to be no, because whatever the scoreline says here in this game, it, it was not as a distant as game as that, especially when it went to 21 to 14. Um, fortunately, I knew what happened because... I didn't actually get to, to see the game live. I was I was attending my uh, fiance's bridal shower, um, but you know what? I was kind of glad in a way because when I watched the, the Panthers coming back into the game, I saw the momentum switch, and you know what? I'm a Buccaneers fan. We've been here before. We we we've bl- we've looked dominant over teams and then we've blown it in the worst possible way. <laughs> Like even the Falcons would look and be proud at the way we blow games sometimes. <laughs> or is that too soon? Is that joke too soon, guys? No, it's never. Blow, he's like the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the <with> nobody. <laughs> it's, it's never too late too for late. them. <laughs> <laughs> it's never, never too soon yeah. to tell jokes about them, and it's never too late for them to blow a lead. <laughs> Do you know they had like a 99% chance of winning? Yeah, I mean it's never happened before in NFL history ever, ever. You are supposed to win those games, folks. Yeah. Is it safe to Did say you... that Atlanta Falcons are the Monica Lewinsky of the NFL? <laughs> oh, now that's too soon. <laughs> All right, so um, let's let's talk let's talk numbers, gentlemen. Let's talk numbers. Um, so we'll start with the offense. Um, and, you know, we'll just go in a little more detail about, you know, the, uh, the yards and, you know, the percentages and rushing, passing, all that other good stuff. And, you know, and of course, Kevin, you know, 
please elaborate on the offensive line because I mean they like like James said, man, they they, they had they had Teddy jumping around in that pocket a little bit, but when he was steady, boy, two hundred plus yard receivers. So here's how I'm, when I look at the numbers, here's this is proof that stats can be can be misleading as far as like the overall factors. So yeah. Uh, Let's, let's, let's start with Teddy Bridgewater, 33 of 42, 367 yards, 8.7 yards uh, average, um, but two interceptions and five sacks. Mm. I mean, any day of the week, 33 for 42 for 367, that's a recipe for success for your quarterback. Right. Um, but, you know, you know, we got the two and the zero in the wrong place. <laughs> Facts. You know. It's the issue we had with Jameis Winston last year though. It's the exact same issue that we had because we'd we'd look at the situation and be like, hey, you know what? He threw for four hundred yards. He threw for a touchdown. He ran for sixty yards and oh wait, he had four interceptions. Yep, same scenario. Yeah, and then we look at the rushing game. I mean once again, tough sledding for McCaffrey, only 59 yards on 18 carries, 3.3 yards average. Now, the two TDs look nice for all you fantasy holders. Uh-huh. By the way, I had them on mine, so, you know, that did help me out, per se. But, you know, after that, you know, we got Curtis Samuel, who uh, broke off a 14-yard run. Yeah, he did, <laughs> he did. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like his days back at Ohio State. Yeah. Um, and um, the new guy, Mike Davis, he uh, one carry for one yard. Oh, no. And probably the carry of the game that I wish we could have got a couple yards more was uh, the fake punt with Jeremy Penn. The Bucks was ready for it. So shout out to their special team coach for, uh, you know, being prepared. But you know what? I like the aggressiveness of Matt Rule. He, yeah. he, he went for it. With times when we're used to seeing either field goals or punts, yep. I'm not even mad. I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not mad at all. Like, I said, what do we got to lose in a rebuilding year? Not nothing. Not no, absolutely it's not nothing. E- not nothing. It's not even that as well. It's if you look at where they went for it on fourth down. I actually, you know, retrospectively, I can look at this as a neutral and say I absolutely love that call because if you look at where they are when they make that, it's either a long field goal in excess of 60 yards. And if they miss it, the ball gets turned over on downs. Anyway, it's a punt that might go into the end zone. If you're lucky, you might pin them back inside the 10. But then again, if it's not, is it going to get returned out to the 30, 40 anyway, when you're in that area of the field, I think it, it, it is better to go for it more often than not. And, you know, neutrally as a football fan, I love the call because it it was actually low risk and high reward. Sure, it didn't come off, but, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't in a devastating area of the field. Yeah. 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 And um, man, let me get to the part where Jadarius kind of got in on our post game, Tim. Uh, you get know, when you look at D- we look at DJ Moore's numbers. I mean, again, for you fantasy lovers, it looks good. Eight receptions, 120 yards, 15-yard average. Hey, those are, you know, receiver number one numbers. But 
you look at Wyndham Yards came because he was targeted 13 times and got eight receptions. You think that's good, but it's it's the times that those five targets that he didn't catch, those were momentum killers. Three of those targets were, would have been first downs that would have kept drives alive. Uh-huh. Wasn't able to bring that in. And I think that's where Jadaris was hitting home at as far as like when Steve Smith was targeted, it wasn't so fat that he got numbers, but when he got his numbers, uh-huh. he got his numbers when it counted the most. Uh-huh. And that's something that we're, we're, we're not seeing consistently enough from the self-anointed, well, not self-anointed, but the one that Smith anointed as the one that he think the Panthers can, you know, have come after him. Uh-huh. And I understand this, but it's year three. These, these these are the balls you got to come up with. Yes, sir. You know, it's, it's not like these were poorly thrown balls uh, or anything like that. You just you just got to come up with the plays when when it need the most. So, um, Robbie Anderson. I mean, what can you say? Ten targets, nine receptions, 109 yards, 12 yards average. I mean, hey, you know, first two games with Carolina, he got two 100 yard games. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, a surprise here, Mike Davis in backup duty when McCaffrey went out. Uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, eight receptions for 74 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of McCaffrey-ish. On eight you know, targets. Per se. On eight targets, yeah. folks. Yeah. It, yeah. So eight for eight. So every time he caught the ball, so the kid got hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, McCaffrey, when he was playing, five targets, four receptions, 29 yards. Eh, you know. Um, but, yeah, so when, when you look at the numbers offensively, um, it's, that's why it's, it's misleading because at the end of the day, you know, we, uh, what were we on third down? Let me go back here. Um, on third downs, it looks like we were six for 11. Okay, so a little over 50%. Decent. Yeah, it's, it's decent. Right. Tim, you know, Tim, we've seen two for 11 and three for 11 before. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so we're 50% on third down. Again, you, looking at these from stats, you would think that, you know, we put in some work. You know, but, you know, three of those third downs that we didn't make were passes to DJ Moore that I was talking about that would have kept drives lives that would put us in scoring position. Uh You know, so I know it may sound like nitpicking, but it's all about when you're getting the stats, you know, for me. And, um, you know, red zone, we was two for four in the red zone. Mm, Fair, but, you know, you got to do better than when you're on the road. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got you got to be sixty percent or better on the road, exactly. you know, to, to convert. Yep. And the last one was penalties, nine penalties for seventy-seven yards. Nine. And the timing on those were horrendous. On on those nine penalties, Sam, guess how many of those penalties came on third down, both offensively and defensively? How many? Six. Six of nine. Of uh, the penalties we got were on third down. So, bro, you. You know, you're talking about self-inflicted. You know, man, you win the military. We know about friendly fire. This, this is the type of stuff that when you're in a re- when you're rebuilding, that you, you just you just gotta. It's gonna make you sick, but you know it's just gonna happen. So, not to take away anything from Tampa winning the game because they did win it outright. They beat us by two touchdowns, but we sure gave a lot of help. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> sure did. Yeah. I'll like even I said, say this. Said Christmas in July. I said Christmas in September too. So <laughs> I know it's 85 degrees, but you know, ho 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 from the Panthers. Right. <laughs> Go ahead, James. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, 
even coming at this from like the perspective of, of like a Bucks fan, it's when you you see the other team lining up for like third and three, you know it's got to be a pretty special effort. So when they like a penalty comes in and it's not even it's a mental error, but it still puts the other team back five yards, then you know what, you go from third and three to third and eight. That looks a lot better. You're now more likely to to get the offense off the field. So penalties were a definite factor for the Panthers in this game. And you know, as Kevin says, not to take anything away from the Buccaneers, the Panthers helped. Yeah, but you know, as we've said this before now, it is a young team. It is a, a team that is going to grow. They're going to gel together. And, you know, if they're going to make mistakes, they might as well make them when it's not your window for a Super Bowl. You know, get them out of the system. L- learn how to bounce back from making a mistake. Learn to accept the mental anguish from going third and three to third and eight and go, you know what? We're in a crappy situation, but we're going to convert. It's these little knocks that are going to make the like the Panthers organization and the young guys around the team a lot better in the long run. So, as you and Kevin have said, it's much better to make those mistakes now when sure. it's there's, there's no Super Bowl or playoffs on the line. Right. For sure. Definitely, man. Definitely. Um, it is... I, me personally, man, I, I, used to, I used to work with kids, um, you know, athletes and things of that nature. And I, I love the growth process. I, I really get a kick out of that. And that to see to see them from go from go from A to A to you know A to B and B to C and on and on and just and just grow as a player, mature as a player, man. I, I, I love seeing that. I love seeing that. So let's talk. Yeah, me too. Let's talk about the defense. Um, Kevin, we had a hard time stopping. Uh, Stopping that run game again. Um, and Tom Brady had one of the cleanest jerseys in the NFL in the uh, fourth quarter at the zero dot, dot zero zero mark. What the hell, bro? Can we get a sack, please? Jesus. Uh, man. Uh. Bro, after two games, Tim, we have a total of zero sacks and one quarterback hit one 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 quarterback hit and you want to, you want to know the irony of that quarterback hit do tell it led to the tom brady interception huh. amazing what happened when you pressure the quarterback right what the what was that old gets commercial brilliant <laughs> <laughs> get a sec yeah <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. But, Shout out to Guinness. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. But, yeah, man, I mean, defensively, you know, as I was watching the All-22 today that came out, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the effort, but the execution is still slow to materialize. And I realize this is the second game back. And, and Tim, you've heard me say it in the chat. You know, for me, these are going to be – these first four games, I'm treating – like preseason per se, as far as my expectations, because you got to get game conditioning. Anyone that's played the game knows, you know, all these months, even if you're doing what you're doing in training camp, you know, that energy against somebody else, it just doesn't naturally just come back on just like that. So you definitely want to make sure that you're in position to, 
allow your body to get that, you know, good game condition. That's like for me, these first four games, you know, game three, mm. you know, we're, uh, we, we're at the Chargers and game four, I think we're home against the, um, uh, the Cardinals. I'm, I'm treating them like preseason as far as like conditioning, wearing tear because you see guys being where they're supposed to be mm-hmm. to make the play, but there's just something missing here that is not allowing them to now. Again, I want to take any credit away from Tampa. It was some plays, they just blew our ass off the ball. It was point blank similar. Like they had this one blocking scheme I saw, particularly that really been from Leonard Fournette, where they double teamed both defensive tackles, slid off to our linebackers to just part the red sea. You would think Tom Brady was Moses and he had a staff. I mean, the <laughs> lane... <laughs> let my people go. You know. Like... <laughs> You know, it was just crazy, man, how it, it, it just happened like that. I mean, even backside, like, they were double-teaming a defensive tackle. That just seemed to be a blocking scheme that I hope that we point on film that, you know, we, uh, we we can address because it was highly effective. You know, again, this mm. is the benefit of all 22. You pick up on things like that to see why it's them holes, you know, opening up um, the way that they did for, you know, for them to get touched. My mm. thing is this. If both of my defense tackles are getting double-teamed, I need my linebackers humming, okay? Exactly. I need them lumberjack backers to be in there cleaning clockwork. Call them out. Shaq Thompson, where you at? Bruh. Where you at, bruh? You had five years with Luke Keekley, four years with Thomas Davis under apprenticeship. I'm not seeing any play from you yet. Like I say, I'm giving the first four games to make me think that you've learned from legends. Mm-hmm. You know. And um, Ron Rivera, mind you. A Super Bowl winning right. linebacker for the Bears, mind you. Man with Mike Singletary, mind you. Right. Who, who you make an argument could probably could be the greatest middle back linebacker all time. You can make a case. You know, Singletary had them eyes, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all five foot Ooh. ten of them, you will brush your chest. Bust your sh- <laughs> you know, but um, but yeah. So I mean, just watching the defensive line. I mean, again, it's like we're we're having a hard time getting off blocks. Like we're getting pushed back, but we're not able to disengage blocks to make plays. So that that that's that's where it comes from. Even when we're blitzing five or six defenders, mm-hmm. we're we're we're, on, we're 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 not getting away from the blocks in order to make the plays mm-hmm. um, that's needed. So. You know that's that goes a lot to uh, with with the reason why we're we're dead last and how how we affect the quarterback and with the quarterbacks that we got coming up, man, we 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 gonna make some average quarterbacks look like real good first team all pro. You know if if Ta- if Tyrod Taylor gets off on us next week, bruh, that's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm going to say, because they've already said he's the starter for next week, not, you know, Justin Hubert or whatever. But, um, Lord Jesus Christ. yeah, and then, and then again in the secondary, my God. Uh, and, James, you can elaborate on it. I saw the pictures in slow motion. Mike Evans' touchdown was off another one of his infamous push-offs <laughs> that he does so well. And I think for a guy of his talent, he don't, he don't need, need to push it off. He, he, don't, he don't need to do that. No. You know, it's like, I, it, you know, that, hey, they didn't call it. It's a touchdown. Hey, it is what it is. Hey, uh, it goes against Dante it. Jackson, so whatever. But but overall, though, man, we, uh, 
we'll have moments where we look like we got it figured out and then we'll see something that we're not prepared for and it just busts us in the ass you know like um yeah man it was just uh it was just it's just frustrating but i expect it so i may be bothered in the moment but it doesn't affect me long term because at the end of the day i know it's going to happen yeah you know <laughs> so but overall I, defensively I I see effort, but like I say, the execution is is uh is still a, a long ways away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with the um the, the Mike Evans touchdown, what you're seeing there is, and you know what, I know that your listeners are going to be like going boo his. <laughs> I, I think what you see there is a veteran move, and you know, is there a suggestion of pass interference? Absolutely, it's. You you see two players running in the same direction. Mike Evans knows that he's stopping on a dime and turning around. All he has to do, he doesn't have to fully extend his arm at all. And he knows that as soon as you get a full arm extension, you are attracting the attention of the officials and it's laundry day. All he needs to do is, is give that little nudge and the quarterback is carrying off into the end zone because that extra boost in momentum gives him the separation and he's what he's on the two yard line when he turns around and catches that back shoulder throw. I mean, Mike Evans is a big guy. He could fall over and he would cross the pile on. So, you know, it it is a veteran move. And as a Buccaneers fan, it's, it's good to see him doing that because in the early start of his career, as you say, like the push-offs that he does so well, he was absolutely terrible at, using his body to create that separation he was all straight arms it was all offensive pass interference Mm. and as you say for a receiver with mike evans talent and his catch radius i mean his catch radius i I believe that the science puts it as like he's got a web of like 13 and a half feet around him that he can reach wow and that that's a crazy catch radius that's crazy and then when you look at when he does like the dumb things like, and I'm trying not to cuss on, <laughs> Bro, cuss on, on him, feel free. You're like, oh yeah, well here it comes. When he does dumb shit like that, you've you've got to say why. I mean, yeah. why why when you've got that talent, you have top end speed, you have elite size and strength. You don't need. I mean, dude, <laughs> you were six foot six, okay. You are built like a tank. You do not need to be pushing a five foot nine cornerback. Uh-uh. And it and it was it was really really frustrating to see for the first few years of of Mike's career. And I know a lot of Bucks fans saw that play, and our hearts went in our mouths because it's like you know what he's got a reputation. Is the flag coming out? And you know what he got away with it. And I, I'll I'll call it what it is. He got away with it. Um, I appreciate your I, honesty. And but I, what I'll also say though is, if that happens for any of the thirty other one, like thirty-one other teams in the NFL, their fans are saying, "No, no, no, he didn't extend the arm. It's a veteran maneuver." Yeah. I think it's one of those gray areas um, that you know. If it happens against you, you're calling it pass interference every time. And if it happens for you, you're kind of going. Maybe, maybe not. But you know, I I know where your guys are coming from on that. So, like, I I totally understand like where the burn comes from there. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's, it, it, was, it was something, man. I mean, there there are veteran moves out there, you know, and, and, you know, here and there. But, yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. And that was like a one snap. That was, well, that's the first play. That's the first play after that turnover, if I'm not mistaken. Hike, mm -hmm. hike, throw, touchdown, boom. And that that goes yeah. back to what Kevin was mentioning about about the the energy of the team. You could just see people just drop their drop their hands and by the side and their shoulders drop, and they're just like, "Are you serious? Really?" Yeah, it it kill it kills the team. Absolutely it kills the team. I mean, you guys have been Panthers fans for years. You've seen the highs and the lows. Oh, buddy. Uh, and like same here with the books as well. You see the highs and the lows, and and sometimes when you know you're you're in a bit of a low patch, you you look for the like the, the small sparks that can actually bring you like a bit of hope, a bit of joy toward the game. Oh. Get that blood pumping, get the adrenaline flowing, get your your asses into the game, and then a turnover happens. It it doesn't just kill momentum; it can kill the energy on the sideline. And and I think that did happen a couple of times, but I think the positive thing that Panthers fans can take away from this is that yes, it absolutely killed the uh, like the energy on the sideline, but you still kept bringing it back. And you know, it's a feisty team. It might not have all the talent in 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 there that it needs, but it's a feisty team. <clears throat> yeah, they fight, man. They I, I gotta give it to Coach Rule in that aspect. Um, he he got the, he got these boys fighting, and that, that that's for sure. Now, it, it's it's really gonna be interesting to see them flying all the way out to L.A. for this next game, man. That's gonna it's gonna be interesting because uh, that's gonna be tough. Yeah, it's like we got the spirit of the red tails. We fight, we fight, we fight, we. Fight. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta fight the win, man. man. You gotta fight the win. <laughs> I just if like you're going down, we're not you're laying down, down, man. That's what I like. We're just, yeah. you know, you may punch us, smack us around, but damn it, we're getting up. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of fight, man. Um, I, Chin, I'm 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 loving me some Chin, bro. I, that that had to be the right now one of the best picks of the draft between him and Mr. Brown, and you know Brown Brown. He's raw, and you know, folks, I, I suggest you go check out our uh, Twitter our Twitter feed. Um, Kevin was, was doing some breakdowns on Brown. Um, you leave that man one-on-one -on -one with any offensive lineman, he's going to toss that ass. I mean, he was just shoving people. They had to chip him. If they didn't, he one-on-one -on -one battle, man, Brown was dominating, man. You, you want to elaborate on that a little bit, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, with Derrick Brown, what you're seeing is – extremely for all his accomplishments in the college sec level on the nfl level he's still a lot of raw yes but you see moments where you're like when this guy figures this out man oh boy it's 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 gonna be nothing but you know terrible days for interior blockers um you know it's it's kind of like how for bucks and james you can relate to this when um when y'all first got Vita Vea. He didn't uh as first year he didn't he had his moments but it didn't quite but you can see it like when he finally figures it out and you know and la it's like last year the light came on for him. Like he was just busting ass on a regular. Um you know we 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 laughed and joked about it because we saw it on the film last year James. We was talking about how 
he made our center Mike Paradis his bitch. Like it was yeah. just, it was just absurd how he was just getting abused and put on skates. I, I, I thought it was the, I, I thought it was the ice capades for a moment. I mean, he was just steadily, <laughs> you know, just getting skated on. Man, like there's no that 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 what goes a lot of reasons why, you know, McCaffrey can't get no yardage. You know, when your center, you know, is is back there with you. I mean, like, well, damn. <laughs> you know, it's just uh it's a thing. But yeah, we're definitely with Brown. Um I, I see that year two for him is just when that light's gonna click and uh he's gonna he's gonna cause a lot of problems. He's but he's gonna send out reminders that uh that he's um that he's up and coming. So mm. um but definitely uh, check us out check out my tw- the Twitter um feed. Definitely I did a uh, ten plays of Dare Brown, both good and bad. Um, and you know, gave explanations for what I see, what I saw, and where he lined up, and what type of front. You know, just to give you folks the type of detail that we're known for at the four man rush. Right on, right on. And um, uh, James, I I know you got um, you know, as uh, Kevin mentioned, you know, Vita Vea and uh, Sue and a, a slew of defensive linemen. I mean, have you been looking at Brown, and where do you put him in in terms of you know, like? You know, Sue and Vito Vita, those guys. Yeah, do you know, I really relate actually with one of the things that Kev said um, when he was saying like last year we were, we were joking about Vita Vea. Um, you know, to, to recount what Vita Vea was like sort of last year when he, he sort of first came into the league, he had so much raw ability, so much raw power. He was literally picking up guys and throwing them. Like, there's a reason we call him Maui. Um <laughs> And it's not just because of how he looks. The guy, the guy is a demigod, but he had all this destructive power, but he didn't know how to use it. Mm. And it was really, really fun watching him do his thing, but it wasn't very productive. And he, he just used to enjoy just picking up the centre and running through the backfield and like doing the old blind side and maybe sitting him down on the bus. But, I mean, when you... <laughs> When you when you look at um and Brown, um Derek Brown obviously he's he's another one of these guys, he's got a lot of potential to him. And if he figures it out, I know obviously you guys had Gerald McCoy last year when uh-huh. Gerald McCoy wasn't Gerald McCoy. In fact, he's not been Gerald McCoy for a few years. Oh, not even when he was in Tampa. But you've got a potential of having someone who is gonna be very, very fast twitch like Gerald McCoy is he's going to be Johnny on the spot when that football moves but he's also got the strength to back it up all he needs to do to put together and it's kind of frightening to sort of see as the Bucks fan um but he's going to cause a lot of havoc in this division um I mean talking about sort of defensive fronts just coming off the back of Kevin you know yes there were five sacks and multiple quarterback pressures but I know we were talking before the show I know that I might be biased as a Tampa Bay fan, but looking at it from a neutral point of view, the front sever in, in Tampa Bay has got to be one of the best in the league. Yeah. You're not going to be facing Indomica Sue, yeah. Vita Vea, Will Golson, JPP, Devin White, who's a massive up-and-coming rookie. You've got Levante David, who's been a, one of the most underrated linebackers in the league since he came in. Yeah. And then on the other side of him, you've got the NFL sack leader in Shaq Barrett. You're not going to be facing a front seven like that every week. So 
you know, some some things about this game were an anomaly. So they, they can sort of be chalked up to, you know what, we were playing one of the best front sevens in the league. Bad things are going to happen. But as I sort of said earlier, you are looking for moments, um, little sparks in the game. And I think Derek Brown is is one of those sparks. Um, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line isn't going to frighten anyone this year. They're not going to steamroll. They've got some good pieces in place, but they're an average offensive line. But it didn't even matter if he was being double teamed. I mean, I watch the All-22 as well. I love mm. that stuff. Uh-huh. Um, you see when blocking schemes are moved around to to take advantage and to then double up and then try to flow him off the play, scrub him down the line, just absolute bull rush him. Okay. Let's try and chop him. And absolutely nothing was working. He was probably quietly one of the standout players on that Carolina team. You know, he wasn't very flashy. I mean, his, his stats at the end of the game read, I believe one tackle. Yeah. Um, and but you know what, I've I've played the game to a okay standard, and I understand that you know what, actually sometimes you can have the best game of anybody on the field, but it doesn't translate into stats. I think if fans are patient with um, Derek Brown and they're not saying, hey, you know what, he's got to have sacks, he's got to have quarterback pressures, uh-huh. he's got to have all these tackles for a loss, uh-huh. he isn't that player. It's the same as Vita Vea. He's he's not going to appear on the sack on the, the stat sheet. Vita Vea is probably never going to go to a Pro Bowl because he doesn't catch people's attentions. But what he is going to do is he's going to occupy the inside of an offensive line. He's going to take the center. He's going to take both either side guards, and he's just going to push everyone backwards. Derek Brown, as soon as he, I mean, th- this dude is. I mean, let me just bring up some stats on this guy. <laughs> like the guy's a walking tank. I mean, with his his like physical size, yeah. his strength. You look go and look at his combine numbers, and it's just it's crazy. I mean, the, the guy's six foot five. He can yeah. see over the majority of linemen if he stands up straight. And at three hundred and twenty pounds, nobody's moving him. But when you take into consideration the size that he has and then you look into his physical ability, how fast he can be off the ball, it's scary. He is going to be the point that anchors the the Carolina defensive line for years to come if he gets it and if the game slows down for him because that's the biggest issue at the moment. Uh When When he's asked just to rely on his football instincts and his strength, as I say, I, I don't really watch a lot of Carolina football. I've sure. only got things that I've seen to go on. Sure. But when you ask him to just work on his instincts, he's he's dominant. When you ask him to get technical, he gets exposed by more experienced players around him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's just part of them growing pains, man. Um, oh yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, he's been he's been working on his technique, obviously during the off season. You know, everybody has. But you know, it it, it is it is. You know, very obvious that OTAs did not happen with these young players. You know, and and you know these uh, oh yeah, volu- you know, was it volu- voluntary practices and things of that nature, voluntary workout stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It, it it pays off. It pays off, and uh, you know, 
I, I think Brown and Chan and the rest of the rest of these guys are gonna be gonna be all right next year. And we'll, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll see. We'll see. you know, you've got a couple of like weeks, I would say, still before you even know what's going on. Yeah. If you if you look a lot lot of the, the teams and um, you know, I try to connect with fans from different fan bases and get different points of view. It's always mm-hmm. fun, you know, um, to talk to. And a lot of fans are saying the same thing this year. And that is that they're really, really hurting over the lack of organized team activities, the the haphazardly arranged organized, um, sorry, like activities outside of the facility where players are sort of maybe gotten together a la Tom Brady. Um, the lack of preseasons massively affected a lot of teams as well. I, I think it's probably going to be until week four, week five before everybody's in a rhythm and we know exactly what's going on. And at that point, it's going to be interesting yeah. because I don't I don't think until week five, unless a team is 0-5 at that point, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be out of it. Obviously, we've got the expanded playoff format. Yeah. It's, going, it's going to be an absolute sprint to the finish when everybody gets into groove because I don't think there are going to be that many teams that are, are separated. I mean, you you look at the way that the, the Saints comfortably handled the Buccaneers in week one, but then looked poor at times against the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Still doesn't yeah. feel right saying that. Yeah, all right. <laughs> May not feel right, but it's going to feel good going out there for a game. Well, tell them. <laughs> <Hey>, tell them. <laughs> yeah, but then everyone starts getting suspicious because when you travel to an away game, you're literally gone for two days. But when it's Vegas, you're gone for a week. <laughs> <laughs> what happens in Vegas? <laughs> hey, James, I want to ask you real quick, just as a curiosity, as a lineman, what was the explanation for Vita Vea being a defensive tackle selected in the number 50? Like, why not a 90 number or at least a 7? Like, what is there a story behind that or explanation? Um, I, was, I was just curious. You know what? Um... I have heard that there is something behind it. Um, and I, I think it's got something to do with, one, like a player that he idolized growing up, and two, like I think his college number as well was like five or something, if I remember. Um, I think there was, a, like the league made an exception. Here we go. Um there we go. Yeah, he's listed. He's not listed as a defensive tackle. He had to change his consignment. If you remember, um, Donny Abraham of the Falcons used to wear um, 55 as a lineman. Uh-huh. He's actually listed as a defensive lineman rather than a defensive tackle. So he can wear the number of his choosing, which he chose number 50. Um, which is, you know, I I don't have a problem with it. I think that there needs to be a little less rigidity. Um, it, it, I much prefer the NFL numbering system to the college numbering system, if I'm honest, because I can look at a player's number and instantly know who they are and, right. and where they're playing. I'm I'm a bit old school. I mean, <laughs> I used to play running back and safety, and my number was 46. So. Yeah. I could. Oh, here comes the dirty joke. I could play both ways. Oh, 
Oh. <laughs> we all knew someone was going to hear that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I used to wear number 46 and you know what? It was great for running backs and it was great for defensive backs. But I do think there needs to be a little more fluidity that certain players are allowed to wear different numbers. I don't see a problem with defensive linemen wearing numbers in the 50s or in the 90s. I mean, you're even seeing now defensive linemen wearing numbers in the 60s and the 70s, mm. which were previously reserved for guards and tackles. Because oh, there used to be like a really rigid system that yes. it was quarterbacks, kickers, uh, and punters that would wear 1 to 19, 20 to, thir- sorry, to 49 was running backs and defensive backs, mm-hmm. 50 to 59 was your linebackers, 60 mm-hmm. to 69 was your guards, 70 to 79 was your tackles, 80 to 89 was your wide receivers, and 90 to 99 was your defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And... You know, it was a very, very traditional system. Everybody got used to it. But I do think that there's a little, it's a little rigid. I know that the NFL does stand for no fun league. But um, I, I think when players like have that, I mean, does anyone remember, um, who was it now? Reggie Bush, when he went to the Saints. Yeah. He ended up yeah. wearing 25, but he wanted yeah. to wear his number five yeah. from from college. USC, yeah. You know what? If he'd have worn number five in that backfield, it wouldn't have bothered me. No. Yeah. No, I don't. No, I, I, I was, I was, I was a running back myself, man. I, I, I had four. I had forty-two in high school, and I had twenty-five in junior college. Um, twenty-eight, excuse me, twenty-eight in junior college. Um, I think I don't think running backs should be limited at all. I mean, I, I don't think I'd like to see a running back running around in like number ninety three or something ridiculous yeah, like that. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Get a little bit of William Perry the fridge in there. <laughs> oh, Clemsonite, yes sir. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so um, we have a game coming up in old Los Angeles, Cali Alley Alley Alley. Uh, your daughter going to the game, Kev? <laughs> Is she? Is that, she not in L.A. Is she? Nah, nah. My daughter is in a uh, Central Valley. She's in Modesto. She yes. calls it the middle of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. Yeah. She's she's north of Fresno and she's south of Sacramento. Whoa! And she's um, that's no man's land. She's yeah. east of San Francisco, so she's right in the middle of nothing. As oh, she said, God, there's nothing out there. Man, Sacramento's out in the country anyway. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Oh, cool, cool. But yeah, yeah. we got we're taking on those LA Chargers, you know. Um we're gonna swing by Los Angeles. Uh I know Shaq Shaq got people out west. Yeah, well it was gonna be a somewhat of a homecoming for uh our former Stanford standout Christian, but you know, that's not gonna work out and stuff like that. But, you know, uh, we're gonna go out there and hopefully win a football game. So um we'll talk about that and uh and uh, see see what's uh See what's 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 what, Mr. Kevin. Um, what do you know about the about the Chargers, bro? Well, I mean, if you based off last Sunday's performance, they damn near beat the Super Bowl champs. Um, you know, it went to overtime. Kansas City won twenty three to twenty uh, with former Carolina kicker Harrison Butker 
kicking a 50 yard field goal with like a minute 55 left. Man, I'm still choking Thanks, myself Ernie. over that. I'm still choking myself over that, man. I got him, Marty. Go ahead, Thanks, bro. Thanks, Ernie. Got anyway, him, Marty. Um, yeah. <laughs> right, that whole part. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, you know, we're talking about facing, you know, another rugged front seven i mean oh yeah that's right and she's i mean when you think about uh when you think about the charges man you're we're talking about uh uh was it both i can't it's not nick is it joey or nick which one plays for the Chargers? couldn't remember it's, i want to say it's it's joey joey both okay yeah because the yeah, i think his younger brother nick got put on ir yes, yes. uh this past weekend it was yes. a league high seven torn acls it was just yeah ugly. bro Ugly. Rough week for fantasy football. Hell yeah. That's why I don't play that shit. <laughs> yeah, but um but yeah, we got both on one end, you got Ingram on the other, so you know, pass rush, you know, our offensive tackles are going to have to be on you know, on their on their very best. Uh we're talking about two of the best cornerbacks in the league. Even oh. though they're not without even though their Derwin James is out, they still have a very very solid secondary. Um, yeah, man, this 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 going to be one of them games that we 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 can't let the turnovers beat us because if we play them straight up, we should win. We should win this game. Mm. Now they do have weapons on offense, but you know, just those numbers out there. The rookie Justin Herbert, who wasn't notified until a few hours before the game started, is going to kick off because uh, Tyrod Taylor had some sort of bad reaction during pregame. That's why he didn't play. I said I, I heard that he had an allergic reaction to something. Right, yeah. Uh. But he was um he came in twenty two or thirty three for three hundred and eleven yards, one touchdown, one interception. Damn. Um that's 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 pretty good for a rookie's first start. Not bad. Um their running back, you know, Eckler gonna be a headache, sixteen carries, ninety three yards. Oh my. Uh, of course, um, all-pro Keenan Allen, a wide receiver. He had seven receptions for uh, 96 yards. So, folks, just, just by no means is this a, quote, win a, staying a quote, easy game by no means. These these Chargers in the post-Philip River era is it, talented. Uh-huh. And, you know, I know there's no moral victories, but, you know, to play the defending Super Bowl champs the way that they did, and almost pull it off, you know, it's got them having feel like they could play with anybody. So when we stroll out there, um, you know, we can't, you know, go out there thinking, you know, anything, taking anything lightly about this team. Uh, It's just definitely going to be a game where we're just going to have to, I just want to see this be a game where we don't beat ourselves. Yes. Maybe if we maybe allow maybe one turnover at the most, Uh you know, but penalties, four or less. Got to. We, we got um, to. Yeah, I, I would just like to see us, how we look, same effort without the turnovers, to see what what the results would be. That That's what I would like. And who knows? I mean, flying out to the West Coast, I mean, 3,000 miles away, this, this could be a, a, a trip that, you know, the team bonds and, you know, you know, going there, you know, hey, you know, with that old us against the world mentality and, you know, nobody's suspecting us. They got us picked dead last out of all 32 teams right now as far as, quote, 
wow. power rankings and all that other good stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, hey, what when you when when it's like that, put it all out there. I mean, you know, we, we don't have McCaffrey, so hey, they you know they probably got us. I would love to see what the spread is going to be for us oh, against man. you know, you know Vegas gonna have fun with that one. But mm-hmm. overall, I I just think that um we got a puncher's chance if we don't beat ourselves. But if if we're still doing Christmas in September, then it's just going to be another L that we bring back to Carolina. Yeah, good point, man. Good point. Uh, and who's the who's the, who does the Bucks have, James? Since we have you on here. Uh- we are traveling over to Colorado to play the Denver Broncos, oh, who have got their entire—they've got their entire team missing, basically. Um, they've got no Lindsay, they've got no Drew Locke, they've got no Von Miller, they've lost their cornerbacks, they've lost uh, an offensive lineman. They—they're missing a lot of players. Um, but the frustrating thing is—is is, you know it's a Bucks life and. Um, <laughs> You know, this is a game that, on paper, the the Buccaneers should go into mile high, and mollywop the uh, the Broncos all over the field. But you know, they're the Buccaneers, and they've got a great chance of booking it up. <laughs> Don't buck it up now. Don't buck it up. <laughs> hey James, was you aware that the Broncos signed Blake Borders to a one year contract today? What? I didn't see. I I saw that. Um, and all Blake I can think Bortles. of is Jason Mendoza from The Good Place. <laughs> Holy <Yeah>. Manoli! <laughs> that, that's, that's not going to end well for them. Mm. Mm. Does it ever? Poor Blake. No. Bless his heart. <laughs> I feel for the guy. I feel for the guy. But you know what? I, I, I think the Blake Bortles experiment should have ended in Jacksonville. I don't think that... Like he should be teaching golf or whatever it is he's doing. He shouldn't be playing football anymore. He's he's done. You watch him absolutely light the Buccaneers up for five hundred yards now. Yeah, see, so yeah, you gonna talk the man up now? Oh no, oh no, no. <laughs> oh man, this upcoming Sunday, folks. Uh, Carolina Panthers are gonna be in San Diego. I believe the game time is four o five. That's four o five Eastern Standard Time, um, and. Uh, like Kevin said, man, we'll, we'll we'll see what's up. If we don't turn the ball over like we did the first game, um, I, don't, I don't think we didn't have any turnovers against the Raiders. Um, we we were there, we were there towards the end. You know, we we that's the game we should have won actually. And um, you know, like the uh, the Buccaneers game, who knows if we if we would just have one turnover instead of four, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? And speaking of the Raiders, uh, even though they beat us, shout out to them for beating New Orleans Saints last night. You know, appreciate the favor, neighbor. You know, uh, I had to congratulate Woo! my daughter's mother because she's a she's been a Raiders fan because she, you know, she was born in Oakland, so you know, Las Vegas. But uh, by the way, folks, if y'all didn't check it out, that stadium is top of the line. Uh, Allegiant is the name of it. Uh, Wow, that that place, yeah, that's uh, like that. Yeah. It's, it's like, like that. Yeah, like that. <laughs> like we need any more reasons to go to Vegas, but seriously, that stadium <laughs> is uh, is definitely nice. But yeah, it was good to uh, uh, see New Orleans get punched in the mouth. Um, <laughs> you know, so definitely a uh, definitely a good thing there. Now that means that uh, Carolina's only one game back in the division after week two. 
We're still in there. We're still in there. Uh, I appreciate you, James, man. Stop, uh, thanks for stopping by and hanging out with us, bro. We'll talk to you again, okay? Yeah, it's great seeing you guys again. Um, you know, always have a lot of fun doing this show. Um, you know, as Kevin said earlier in the show, we'll see each other again in a couple of weeks. And from my own point of view, I hope it's the same story as we had on Sunday. We need every wins we can get. Otherwise, you know what, this Super Bowl or bust thing is is going to look close to bust. But, um, yeah, I you know, I, I think Carolina are going to do a perfectly good job this season of picking up the pieces. I think there's a lot to be positive about. I think realistic expectations are the, the biggest name of the game. We've had to do it in Tampa so many Great years. Great point. Great point. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know what? As I say, expectations are, are the name of the game. And I think you guys, if if you have those tempered expectations, are going to um, you're going to do just fine. It's not going to be this year. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and give you false hope. I think you all know that anyway. But you know what? Give it a couple of years, and this this Carolina team's going to have a good core behind it. Great quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. You'll be making noise again. But guys, know. you know what? You can find me at Books Life. Uh, find my articles if you want to read something about the books. Yeah, and you can catch me on uh, Set the Sales on Monday nights. If you want to watch a couple of guys, a couple of girls talking about um, football, we talk mostly about Buccaneers football, of course, but of course. we touch out on everything else as well in, in sports as well. So right on. it's a little bit different. But guys, appreciate you having me on. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, James. Take it easy, bud. See you later. All right. So, but yeah, man, um, he got some good points, bro. We got we got some young pieces on this team, man. We jail, bro, especially on defense, cause they fly around. Those, those, those guys fly around, man. They do. We got some we got some speed, uh, you know. And uh, if DJ learns how to be a little bit more sharp in his in his route running, you know, he, he's he's going he's going to make a he's going to make it really hard for for Teddy to throw the ball throw the ball to Robbie. Like he has, but you know what, folks? You be you must be blind if you don't think Teddy and and Robbie are on the same page. They, those two are just clicking. They they really are, and 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 you know, uh, man. Mm-mm-mm. We're gonna we're gonna need all the help we can when we go out to L.A. Yeah, this would be the perfect time for us to get an APB out on Ian Thomas. He didn't get one target last game, bro. Yeah, that bothers me. A big, a big guy like that, man, that can run and catch. Come on, man. Now I like, I like that, that we was tossing to Armor a little bit. I do like that. Armor got some right. good hands, man. And Kev, Kevin's been talking about Armor from day one. Day one. Armor got Armor got some good hands, bro. Y'all, y'all sleeping on Armor. That's why I said we gotta we gotta use armor in that double tight end a little bit more, bro. And then then make make that mismatch with between the safety and the tight end. Find that mismatch. Find that mismatch. But you know, and the fact that uh, uh, number twenty eight, I forget the guy's name. I'm sorry. Um, is it Mike Davis? No, is that it? Mike. Yeah, that's him, Mike Davis. Yeah, yeah. Mike, the fact the fact that Mike the Mike can catch the ball, man. That. That that's that's awesome. That's that's real. That's a really good thing because people people can't just be like, oh, they don't have McCaffrey. He, he, shoot, we could just we could put eight in a box and be fine. The hell you can. 
Go ahead. Do that. Yeah. Do that. Trash your fuck. We have all kind of wins for your ass. You do that one. Yeah, you need to watch out now. Watch out now. Watch out now. Oh man, so folks, uh, that's 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 pretty much the uh, the case here, man. Well, um, you can't you can't have. You know, four turnovers on the road and then expect to win a football game. That's that's just uh, that's what they call fool's gold, right there. You know, you, you know, Definitely, you're not gonna you're not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen too many times. But I tell you what, man. Um, James James made a great point. Teddy Bridgewater, he could throw that rock, folks. He, he could he could throw that rock, and we got some receivers that can help him out, man. And I just wish that would have been here three years ago. But anyway. <laughs> Where all these receivers come from, Kevin? What what is this? Well, it definitely ain't the firm that we took to New Orleans in the playoff game in 2017. I tell you that. Same word. <laughs> oh man. Where, where, hey, where is Fun Fun? Is he still in? Uh, is he still in the airport? He, he 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 opted out. He signed with Green Bay and he opted out. Wow. Wow. Well, bless his heart. Peace and blessings to you, man. But, yep. Yeah, it is what it is, folks. But we're gonna go to L.A., man. You know, we're gonna lick our wounds, get together, and uh, you know, maybe maybe we, we maybe we do jail out on the road. You know, um, road games with a W can can bring about some good mojo. So we'll we'll, we'll see, man. We'll see, we'll see. Um, any parting shot? Any parting shots there, brother? Um, you know, just just to, just to just always we no, we never take for granted the four man rush. We always want to thank our fans for your support. On all of our social media accounts, uh, we appreciate the feedback, uh, the inboxes, the uh, the tags. You know, we just want to let you guys know we appreciate it. Uh, we love what we do, but we do what we do for you mm-hmm. because we feel like that you guys definitely deserve to have this type of we'll content, this type of knowledge, this type of uh, breakdown of what's really going on with the team. Mm-hmm. So we just want to thank you guys for what y'all do and. Uh, we love you guys, and you know, even when we, when we had disagreements on points of view, it's still with all love, and um, just continue to keep supporting the four man rush. And um, hey, don't forget, you know, go to our website and uh, check us out. You know, we, we're dropping them blogs now, so check Man, us out. Some of the best, some of the best writers out there, folks, because because it, it's coming from a straight football perspective. It ain't none of that. I want no I mean no. I'm not knocking on journalists. Don't get me wrong, folks. Don't get me wrong. But if you know how to articulate yourself and you play the game, that's a whole another level, Jack. That's a whole another level, and that's what the four man rush bring. Each and every, each and every, every one of those blog writers has at least a collegiate, collegiate experience. So you know we, we'll we'll bring it to you straight, real football talk. That's that's what the four man rush is about. Uh, and uh, you know, like Kevin said, check out our website, man. Check out our website, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. If you're not catching the uh, the uh, uh, Facebook post game live of Kev, you should check that out because he, he's answer, he's answering questions like mad man. He's dropping knowledge on folks, man. Y'all you can check that out for real. Um, and the post game show, we <laughs> shout out to Janaries for 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 figuring it out for me, man. I, apparently, I was I was looking in the wrong place. Um, so, you know, be on the lookout for the post game um, after our game in uh, Los Angeles. So that's going to be a late night right there, boy. <laughs> We're going to be recording like 9 o'clock. 
Oh shit, we used to that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then without pajamas on. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Four man rush sleepover. You know? Yeah. <laughs> she might start selling four man rush pajamas, man. What's up? Something for the ladies. <laughs> right on. <laughs> All right, man. Um, so on behalf of Kevin, myself, and the whole four man rush crew, um, we're a little short today. People gotta work. Got to grind, even in COVID time. Got to grind. Cause them bill collectors still want their money. Why ain't that the truth? And uh, you know, shout out to everybody out there who's going through some uh, rough financial times, Matt, right now. I mean, um, y'all, y'all, uh, y'all hold your shit together. This, this, this is gonna be over. There is an ending, ending point to this, man. You just hang in there, All right? Um, so yeah, on behalf of the Four Minutes Rush crew and myself, um, appreciate you guys. Thanks for. Um, tuning in and listening to us and supporting us and uh as always keep pounding and that's a clear ah. <laughs> yeah man i like james he's a good guy yeah 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 man yeah he knows his shit too bro yeah right he's a good guy good guy man they should have took that l bro they should we should have beat the bucks folks if, if I can look at five plays and say we could be two and zero, yeah, yeah, and, and uh, two or three of those plays are probably penalties. The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Men Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Men Rush exclusively. Thank you.